Well, get your Bibles out and go to Philippians chapter 3. I don't know if they were able to put my title up there. They, I don't get it to them in enough time now. I want to do something tonight. Um, naturally, I always pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? And I think this will be an interesting night. How many of you believe that God has more for you than where you are? Okay. I'm going to teach something tonight, and I named it kind of a weird long name. Forget your past and embrace your future. And, uh, and I want to talk about how to do that. There are things that it took me years to learn. You know how you, you try things spiritually and they just don't work? And then one day you stumble on some stuff. And it works, and you're like, okay, I learned how that works. And I want to do that tonight. I want to talk to you about how to embrace your future. But I'm going to start with this scripture in Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. Now, notice he's not talking about who he is in Christ. He's talking about his own life. But I press on that I may lay hold of what which is Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. In other words, Jesus got a hold of me, and now I'm trying to get a hold of what he's done in me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forget the things that are behind and reach forward. King James says press forward to the things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Go to Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to, I want to make a statement to you of something I learned. And um, in our society today, our society has become too loose. Now, I'm not going to preach um, sin tonight. I'm going to preach overcoming, um, but, I, but we are going to need to bring up uh, uh, some things because your past, if you don't watch it, will be the very thing that hinders you from going forward. You can't go forward looking backward. You, you can't do it. And the devil is always bringing it up, but... Um, many people have a past. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about a past of um, you were in prison or jail or you're a train robber or something like that. I'm just talking about we have things in our past and all of us have had these sayings at time. If, if I could just do that over. Yes. I, if I could, well, you know you can't. And it would change history so much. You know, I was talking one day about I wished I hadn't done certain things, and, and somebody said, well, you wouldn't have Che and Ashley. I said, well, that's right. I want Che and Ashley, but I don't want, yeah. You know, and so you look back and you go, okay, a lot of good came out of some dumb things I did. And, um, but yet at the same time, I'm talking about as a born-again Christian, we, we've all had things, and and. I don't know about you, but I'll just tell you this. I've had things that I missed God and they hindered me. 
they hindered me. And I really didn't know what to do about it. And people say, just forget it. it did, it's, I don't know if it's quite that easy. Well, just forget it. You know. um, yeah, it still hadn't affected me today. So, so I want to show you something, and I want to read a statement to you. Um, I think one of the biggest issues we deal with in our past is how to put your past is don't blame others for your choices. Um, I, I'm going to say this, and I got I to gotta watch how I tell you about me, how bad I am, because I want you to have a good image of me. But I've missed God, and other people helped me nod and look spiritual. They were part of the crime. Matter of fact, they talked me into it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. And later, I found myself hung up over what they did. Thank you. Okay, does anybody in here relate or am I the only one in here? I'm really telling on myself bad. And, and anyway, I want to I go to Genesis 3, and, and we're going to talk about dealing with a victim mentality. And there's too much of it, even among us. You, you know, we think it's kind of uh, the other person has a victim. But all of us, I, I have had in my my past, they messed me up. I know y'all, some of y'all are laughing, some of you are grinning. I think I hit a nerve. They, They messed me up until one day the Lord said, you consented. And we were talking last week about forgiving other people. And sometimes they're not the one that you need to forgive. Sometimes it's you. But I don't know about you, but I have a hard time admitting when it's me. <laughs> y'all, I'm just going to go home now. I'm not even going to preach to y'all anymore, y'all. Genesis 3.1, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field of the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you'll not eat of every tree. Y'all know where I'm going with this. So let's jump down to about um, verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees. And the Lord called to Adam and said, where are you? He kind of knew where he was. I think, you know, he'd like, I know you're over there. But anyway, he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman. And we have the first sign of, of sin in, when you have figured out that you're, you have disobeyed God and it ain't your fault. <laughs> now, I'm going to get us out of this, but we have to let me go here with you for a while because you can't repent and get right for something someone else did. And you're not ever going to go forward until you do. What Adam should have said, yes, sir. Eve, 
the, the, the devil made me do it. Well, if I'm not mistaken, you were looking at the tree, eyeballing it, checking it out, that caused the devil to notice that you were looking. Now, now, one of the first signs that I have found when people are not where they need to be is there's always someone that has caused their trouble and keeping them from in having a good life. And I will say this, it's not true. That is not true. So I want to read something else. Um, don't blame others for your choices. Now, we all understand that when you and I were children, our parents made decisions we had no choice over. But I made choices in school that I look back now, and my mother would, the, the teacher would send my report card home. And it would always say, Daryl has more potential than I'm seeing him use. And my mother allowed me to sign my own, re I could sign her name as good as her, I still can. As a matter of fact, if you used my, the signature on my report card from first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade and compared it, they're all the same because I signed them. So the teacher's like, does your mother sign this? And we'll check it with last year's. Yeah, it looks the same to me. Well, but my mother never made me study, and it's her fault. Right? No, no, it's not. Um, there's a lot of things that my parents didn't do, but I noticed that Lisa studied, whether her parents made her or not. So there are things that if I went back in my past and looked at my childhood, I would really have to just tell you, I really knew better. And there's other things that I did that I knew better, but I don't want to talk about before Christ because that's all under the blood. Let's just get all that, that's, that's under the blood. I'm a new creation. But you know, I want to tell you another story here. You hear me tell you the story all the time about how poor I was when I lived in Tulsa. But I'm going to tell you tonight that it was my fault. You see, when I went to work for the, 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 the apartment complex company that I went to work for, Hardesty, they offered me to let me paint apartments um, per apartment for $30, $35, or $40 a piece. I chose to go to work for them for five an hour. I was afraid. I'd have to buy my own equipment. I had to be my own boss. And I'd have to take a risk. But I could, have, I could have really had more of an income than I did, but I'm the one that made that choice. Now, I'm looking back now going, that was dumb. I should have had more. I didn't have to be broke. Not as poor as I was. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get all of us in this room to stop right now and think about the fact that in our society today, the victim mentality is everywhere and among way too many people. Well, you just don't know what it's like when I grew up. Well, I probably don't. But I'll guarantee you, you made choices. 
And you could have, you could have studied. You could have gone to school. You could have made straight A's. You could have got a better job. And nobody made you goof off and run around with gangs. Nobody made me run around with the outlaw gang, get in trouble, kicked out of a city. I did all that all by myself. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I must get out of the BC any minute for a minute. Go with me now to Genesis 4. Let's go to Genesis 4. Now, when Adam knew wife as Eve, she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Literally, she said, I have acquired a man, the Lord. She thought that he was Jesus. And she bore again, this time, brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, came till her ground. Process of time, it came to pass. Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground of the Lord and also the fruit of the ground of the flock. Abel brought the flock of their fat. They already knew about blood covenants. They knew about blood covenants. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. He did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever been angry? Have you ever been wroth? Could you have avoided it? Yeah, I bet you could have. I went to the doctor one time, Dr. Colbert when my heart first started giving me trouble, and he said, um, you've been real mad lately, haven't you? I said, sure I have. And I've had a lot to be mad about. This verse says different. In other words, yeah, yeah, people did things. Be angry and sin not. You don't. There is a scripture that says when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not that. You say, I have a choice. I had a choice. I knew what the Bible said. Okay, let's finish reading this. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? And why are you running around out here with your lip dragging the ground? You pouty baby. He said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? We have a lot of people today that want to be accepted, but they don't do well. We're talk- I'm talking about an alternate lifestyle. We don't have to accept your alternate lifestyle. You don't do well. But a lot of people walk into church and they want to be accepted and um, your, alter, your lifestyle is not what you said it was. Okay. So anyway, we know that Cain, uh, he said, if you do well, you'll be accepted. If you do not, sin lies at your door. It's desires for you. You should rule it. Say, me too. Yeah, me too. And I'm talking about making choices here. Let's look at another one. Um, 1 Samuel 15 we're going to go through a few before I bail you out and we start talking about the better side of all of this. I know you want me to get to the better side. 1 Samuel 15. And, and this story has impacted me greatly. And I don't know where I want to start reading. I don't want to read with 15. Um, that's Second Samuel. What am I doing over there? I'm in the wrong one. This is the story of Saul disobeying God. 
Verse 10 says, the word of the Lord came to Samuel and said, I regret greatly I have set Saul as king. He's turned back from following me and not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried to the Lord all night. When Samuel rose early in the morning, went to meet, meet Saul. He was told Samuel, Saul went to Carmel. Indeed, he set up a monument for himself. That's always, that's like face, like taking selfies, isn't it? And he had gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel went to Saul and said, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord. And Samuel said, What's the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? God told him to kill them all. Now, I know, I know let me talk to you for a second about why. A lot of times you think, why does God tell him to go and kill everybody, adults and children and animals. Just slaughter everybody in the camp. Why would he do it? They had gotten into bestiality. They were having sex with animals. There is a disease in the camp that had run and had they not, and if you go back and read your Bible, God reached out to them many times and they rejected it. And finally God said, you need to go down and wipe them all out and kill everything alive because there's a disease, a plague that's going to come. So now Saul has the animals that God told him to kill that are diseased and bringing them to Israel. It's a big crime to God. He's endangering all the people. And I want you to notice he did it to offer the animals to the Lord. God didn't tell him, I want you to offer those animals to me. I want you to kill them. He said, and Samuel said, what is this bleeding? Verse 15, they, the people, brought them from the Amalekites, and the people did it. Who's leading? It's easy to go, all the people of Word of Life Church are blah, blah. I've done it. God, get me a new crowd. These people are crazy. Well, who's the pastor? Right? And this is one of the areas, this is one of the areas that I had to come, I had to come to a Jesus meeting where the Lord told me that that the this church is he said I gave you this church and this is your responsibility and if they're not growing I'm holding you accountable. I'm going. That's not right. They're nuts. <laughs> they don't read their Bible. They don't come to church on time. They don't pray in the Spirit. They don't. They don't. I just don't like them. They're just. And I hadn't when I, when I. I'm talking about a long time ago. I mean, I came to church with a real bad attitude because y'all didn't look like Tulsa at all. Everybody in Tulsa is on fire for God. And I told T.L. Osborne one time, I said, I know I'm supposed to love people, but we have people in our church, they're nuts. I said, and I don't like them. He said, well, God don't like everybody either. But, but I had an attitude adjustment that I had to make that I had to make. And I, I found out that that's not the only group of people I have blamed in my life for choices I made. Amen. I've had people pressure me into things. Yeah. 
but they pressured me and I, and I yielded. Did things I, didn't, I knew I shouldn't be doing. And later I got real mad about it, but not at me. I'm doing better than y'all. Y'all are just laughing, but I think I'm striking a chord here. Go to 2 Samuel, and this is a scripture the Lord showed me one day. And it's a powerful scripture, 2 Samuel 12. We're going to see something about God here. This is where David commits adultery with Bathsheba, and he kills her husband Uriah. Now that is worse than bringing sheep home. Okay. But Saul never took responsibility for his wrong. When you read his life, he never one time repented and said, it's me. It's me. I'm the problem. But David does. Okay. This is very poem. Now, in verse 12, verse 8, I gave you your master's house and your master's wife to your keeping. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah, and all that had been too little, I would have given you more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in my sight? You killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You took his wife to be your wife. You killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. And, and, and God is just not happy with David. He sent a prophet by. But I want you to go, verse 13, and David said to Nathan, I sinned. I did that. I did that, God. Listen to what God said. And Nathan said to David, the Lord put your sin away. You say, wow. I think that God would just like to have a lot more people go, what's going on here? Me. I did that. That's mine. I I didn't do right. I didn't do right. It says in 1 John, if you confess your sins... He's faithful and just to forgive your sins. And, forg- and, and if, when you have people that you don't like looping, go back in the bathroom and look in the mirror and go, it's not them. They're not why you're having a bad day. Oh, that's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Let's go to another one, Luke 18. We're talking about your past. I want you to know this. There's only one way to get your past in the past. (laughs) Repent and walk away. But you can't just walk away. You got to repent and walk away. You got to own it. Because if you don't, you're going to do it again. You're going to keep doing it. A lot of people keep going, I don't know why I keep doing that over and over and over and over. Repent. It's you. It ain't your mama. It ain't your daddy. It ain't your dog. It ain't your, it's you. <laughs> okay. Because now you know what to fix. Okay. Okay. Matthew, I told you to go, no, go to Luke, Luke 18. I know you're waiting for me to get you out. I'm going to. Luke 18, I'm going to tell you another story in a minute. Um, I hope I can keep you from knowing who it is. 
it's, it's not anybody from this church, I'll tell you that. Luke 18, 9, it says, He spoke a parable to those who trusted in themselves. They were righteous and despised others. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and said, God, I sure am, thank you. I'm not like all these other people. I, that's what I'm talking about. I was doing that. Uh, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, hard to get along with, just mean people. And even like this tax collector sitting over here, I, I fast twice a week. I come to church. I, I tithe. I pray in the Spirit. I read my Bible. Been there, done that. I give tithes of all I possess. The tax collector standing off wouldn't even look at his, raise his eyes and said he beat his breast and said, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I'm telling you, this man went to his house righteous rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Go to Isaiah 43 now. This really changed my life one day when, when I was dealing with something. And the Lord said, no one made you do that. I went, ow. But, but my freedom began when I went, you're right. As long as you think you have to change another person for you to have a better life, you will be a miserable person. Now we're going to talk in a minute about cutting the scripture where he said, if your hand offends you, sometimes you just need to cut. I had a job one time working for a masonry, Christian's, and the man I worked for was a very carnal Christian. And I was a laborer, and I would jump on the wall and teach myself to lay block. And before long, he allowed me to lay block, and he paid me a little bit more, not much. And when I bought a new truck, I hope you don't know who I'm talking about. Lisa does. And I drove up on the job site in a brand new 86, wasn't it, Toyota four-wheel drive truck. My Christian boss I went to church with cussed me out. You work for me, and I can't buy a new truck. You don't work for me. You get your backside out of, off my job site. And, and I was floored. That my having a new, I, I don't owe you a new truck I bought. I used my faith in God, you know, I just, but I, but one of the guys working with me says, you need to fight. And I went, no. And I grabbed my tools and I went to Weber and Tucker and I walked up and they said, what do you do? I said, I'm a Mason. And I got about three to four hours more, three more dollars an hour. And I went to work for another company. And I'm just telling you, there are times when you just need to cut. They're, they're not happy with you, and you need to move on. I went ahead and got in to press forward. Times to go. Let's go forward. Now, let me read this one to you, Isaiah 43, 25. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. I want you to say this. If God forgot it, 
I'm going to. There are things you need to just, that's over. Don't bring it up again. Don't let people bring it up again. And don't you rehearse it in your mind anymore. That's over. I did that. I'm done. I'm forgiven. Let's go, God. Let's go, God. And if you don't do this process, you'll never get to the let's go, God. I know that sounds, I had to kind of go through this with you because you can't, I had a lady came to me one day, and I, and I say this with all the grace in my heart, I had a Trump hat on one Sunday morning, and she said, you don't know how that makes me feel. And I went, well, I wasn't trying to make you feel anything. She said, do you know what it was like to grow up in the South in the 60s? And I said, I was like 10. She said, well, your hat offends me. And I'm thinking, get over it. What happened to you in the 60s? And I realized a lot of people still have vivid memories of something somebody did a long time ago. And, and I mean, I'm not saying that people didn't do stuff, but you can forgive and you can move forward. You can just move forward. But a lot of blaming is going on in America because of something that happened a long time ago. Well, I hope you've, I hope you've moved forward since then. And I was a little flabbergasted. I understood her statement. I understood that life was rough for her. I understood that. I don't. But honey, you, that's not you right now. Get over it. And, and I'm not going to back off on that because I'm sorry. We're not in the 60s. And nobody made you sit anywhere on the bus anytime lately. Not in this nation. And, and I'm sorry that stuff happened. I really am. I mean, I hate. I did a study one time on racism. Only like two out of ten children made it to adulthood during slavery. Wow. It, was, it was more brutal than we ever knew. And it's something this nation should be ashamed of. But right now, I, I'm hoping that we've all gotten, gotten past that. Amen. Amen. I know. I know. I, I know I have. I know a lot of other people have. But a lot of people are still hung up. Your last marriage. Dr. Cho told a woman one time, he looked at her and said, you need to divorce your husband. She said, I've already divorced that blankety blank. He said, on paper you did. But you're still bitter. She, and he told her this. You need to pray for him. She goes, I will not. He said, well, you'll never be healed until you do. And she finally came back and said, Dr. Cho, teach me because I'm having a hard time with this. Well, he ran off with another woman and he did her dirty. And I mean, it was bad. I mean, the man did her wrong. But her attitude's her attitude. And now she's sick and she's dying. And so he said, I want you to bless him. And she did, but she had to get over it. And understand this, we're talking about you now. You have a choice. You can, you can forgive. You can forget. You can get over it. Yes. 
You were even part of the problem. You consented to some. You married the nut. He didn't just get married by himself. I'm talking about myself too. Okay. Isaiah 1, I want you to go there. This is good. How am I doing, guys? Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to teach you how to get so free. Isaiah 1, 18. Come now, let's reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they'll be white as snow. They're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. We have choices. And I want you to say this right now. I'm about to make some good choices. Okay, I want to read to you what a victim mentality is. If someone feels that bad things are happening to them no matter what, and at the root of this mentality is that none of the circumstances or situations are my fault. Not a drop of it. That's a victim mentality. So number one, how to overcome it. Take responsibility for your actions. Number two, do not... Do not um, um, crave sympathy. Why do you run around telling everybody about it? You want someone to pet you? Stop. What, what is someone else going to do for you? Nothing. And I want to tell you this. When you're a crybaby, even your friends for now don't like you. <laughs> Here they come again. They're going to hear, hear all about the crap they're going through today. I'm being honest. Nobody wants to hear your whining. If you're going to whine, bring cheese. Number three, people who are, have a victim mentality, they avoid taking risk. I don't ever want to go through that again. Come on. Come on. All right. Now, go to Matthew. Well, this is that scripture. I don't need to go there. Um, in Matthew 5, 29, it says, if your hand offends, you cut it off. There's times you just need to cut and go, I'm done with that. Let's move forward. Okay. Um, back in the scripture we read, it says, press forward. I want to read this to you. Where do you want to go? I didn't say, what do you want to do? I said, where do you want to go? Romans said, if God is for you, there's not a soul on the planet stopping you from moving forward but you. Cut the past, get a vision of the future, and let's go. Say, let's go. Okay. Every one of us in this room can have, our year can go from here to better and better and better if you want it to. But you're the one that's going to have to get a mental image of where you want to be this time next year or by the end. You have to be the one that goes, not sitting here. I'm not sitting right here. I am going to go on. It's going to take courage. Proverbs 29, 18. I want you to pop this on the screen because I'm going to make an adjustment here for you. Where there is no revelation, the people calf off restraint. Happy is he who keeps the law. 
The literal Hebrew reads this way. Without a mental image, the, um, the people cast out... Um, How does it say it? I don't forgot. Without a mental image, people cast off restraint. Without a, without a vision, people fall away. Your greatest asset is your vision of you and God. Only you can do it. Now, let's go back to me in this church. When I met with Jack Hayford, I talked to him about y'all. And he said, see them as they can become. And I went, whoa, that's pretty good. And it took me a while. But I went, there's a scripture in the love love scripture that says love sees the best. I began counting the blessing. I would begin to look at people and go, they're actually doing pretty good. And when my vision changed, you changed. When your vision of your spouse changes, I'm just going to stop right now and let you soak in. When your vision of your kids, they're born again, God's not finished, He's working. They're going to make it. Praise the Lord. They're only responding to your... Let me tell you a story here, and I know I'm going to sound hokey. One day I was listening to Joyce Myers. Is it Myers or Meyer? Meyer. Meyer. I had a problem with Kenny's last name one time too, so... But, but Joyce and her daughter were walking through the mall, and Joyce said... She kept looking at her daughter and thinking, God, she looks ugly. Her hair is messed up. Her makeup is messed up. And she's just thinking. And her daughter said, Mom, is there anything wrong with me? She's picking it up. And Joyce went, well, yeah, your hair's a mess. Well, you know, her, well, she's talk, telling about she, she's okay. She said, people can read you. They know when you don't like them. They know when you're mad. They know when you think they're not all that smart. They know it. I'm preaching good. Now I'm really going. So how do you change that? Well, Is it possible for you to think good? Is it possible for you to see them in Christ and and see that God's working on them like he did you and and for you to find the good and and to think about it and bring it up? Is that possible? Sure, it's possible. So, So without a mental image, people fall away. People fall away from God because they see themselves falling away. God just didn't answer my prayer. He just doesn't care about me anymore. And your brain, your head is taking you into the gutter. And yet there's good all around you right now. I mean, the blessings of God are all over you. 
and you found one negative thing and you're just all over it like a, like a chicken on a bug. But where do you want to go? What, what do you want to be doing? Have you sat back and thought about it? Where are you going? Because it's up to you where you go. Not someone else. Okay. In Luke eleven nine, I'm not. You don't have to put it on screen. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. And the Lord said this to me one day: You'll never find anything you're not looking for. <laughs> well, I just don't understand what the Bible said about. It. Well, you've never looked for that. You've never decided I'm going to learn that. There's a lot of things that I learned because I wanted to know them. I tell Lisa and them all the time that start talking about computers. I said, I'm not dumb. I just don't want to know it. I have other things right now I want to know. And I know I'm smart. You know, you can ask Kenny. It ain't no easy thing to get a pilot's license and learn weather and, and weight and balance and all that. You've got to be almost borderline genius to fly an airplane. And I am. And I learn anything I put my mind to. And if I haven't learned what you think I should learn, I just hadn't put my mind to it, and I probably don't want to. <laughs> oh boy, I'm preaching good. Anyway... So what, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? So he's talking about pressing forward. You can't press towards something you don't even know what you're doing. Deuteronomy 30.19, pop it on the screen. We're just going to go there. How am I doing for time? Good. I call heaven and earth witness against you. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you do what? You choose. You have all of God you want. <gasps> I got born again. I didn't even have a church. Not in my town. The Pentecostals were fighting with the Pentecostals, and it was the biggest pile of strife you ever saw in your life. And the Baptists were getting up every Sunday morning preaching that 700 Club was, was of the devil and tongues were of the devil and everybody's going to hell but Baptists. And so I just, I went to both churches and they had to go home. And I had, all I did was get my Bible out. It's amazing how much you can grow if you just read your Bible. You ha, you, if you want to know, the Holy Spirit will show you. So don't blame your church. My pastor didn't teach me that. Well, he doesn't have to teach you that, you big crybaby. You know how to read. Oh, I don't like to read. Well, learn. Or get audio books. Do something. Okay, boy, I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. I, I, how many of y'all are still hungry for more? I, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied. I have, I have things I haven't done yet. I have things I don't know yet. I have things I haven't seen God do yet. But I will. Okay. 
Let's put, let's put one more script on the thing. I don't want you. Philippians 4.11. Put Philippians 4.11. I speak in regard to need. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. The word content is really not a good word there. It's the word independent of circumstances. Paul said, I have learned. Now I speak in regard to need. I have learned in whatever state or condition I find myself I'm independent of the circumstance. The circumstance is not why I'm where I am. Where I am is because of the choices I've made. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. Okay, now go to 2 Kings, and I might even get done a little early, and y'all won't know what to do. Is this good? Um. One time, a person looked at me and said, Pastor Darrell, you're not a writer. And I went, I know I'm not. And then one day the Lord said, I want you to write. And I went, I'm not a writer. And the Lord said, you can learn. I went, oh, Shondai. And I'd always, when I was growing up, now, y- y- y'all, most, I don't know, some of y'all are older. <laughs> Do y'all remember when people read? You had a library in school? You had a library downtown? Well, I grew up, I read everything I got my hands on, and I still do. I, I have had seasons where I read a book every day the sun came up. I just want to know everything. <laughs> and um, I grew up in an era when a rainy day, I loved rainy days in Georgia because I'd curl up on the couch with a book that thick and read it. It was better than going, I mean, we didn't have movies. We had black and white TV. You had to go outside and turn the antenna, come on, Kenny, and go, are we on the channel yet? You know, and then there was snow, and so TV was like, oh, hit and miss, old black and white box that sat in the living room, and the handle was broken, so you had to change the three channels with pliers. <laughs> Tanya and Craig are going, we don't know nothing about that, but Kenny knows exactly what I'm talking about. Barbara knows what I'm talking about. But I will tell you what, I grew up reading books, and I was able to go places that I would never be able to go had I not read. And today I have this desire for people to take them where they can't go unless I can hand them a book. If I can hand you a book, I can take you someplace. And the book, if you'll read it, it doesn't get interrupted. You you can just sit and read it, and it doesn't have an opinion or a bias. It's just a book. And so you're not offended if you disagree with it like a person. And, and you can learn so much from reading. I was telling people the other day, I have, I, I'm kind of like, uh, and I'm telling on myself really bad. I will study a former man of God to find out everything I could about his life and why he was the way he was. And one of the men that I was intrigued with for so long was John Wesley. Now, John Wesley's Methodist, 
but I, I told you one day, he didn't get born again until he was 50 or 55. And he preached all of his life trying to get right with God by being good. And he went to um, um, Savannah, Georgia to work among the, the Indians because he thought, God will see the sacrifice I'm making to the heathen and I will be born again. I will be saved. And he came home miserable because he couldn't find God through works. And it wasn't until he went to Germany and met the Moravians that he accepted Jesus and, and he turned America around. But he didn't get born again until way late in life. And I, and I was intrigued by his constant hunger and why it took him 55 years to find out what you and I found right off the bat. And how these men, they didn't know. There was few people preaching grace. Salvation through grace. A lot of the doctrines of the 1500s that are taught in seminary, they're trash. What do you care what someone in the 1500s thought about God? They didn't know squat. Why are we teaching it in seminary? Now the preachers are dumber than rock. Well, I learned German theology from the 1500s. Well, you don't know anything. Because they didn't. Y'all are being quiet. But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's amazing to me how I read a book with a yellow highlighter and I was looking for one place that he got saved. Read a whole book just to find out the day he got born again and how he found Jesus. And I was intrigued by it all and how simple it is to get people saved and how much we know now compared to what you know, even in Brother Hagin's day, when people tarried for the Holy Spirit, they didn't know. They just didn't know. They would spend years praying and seeking and crying in the altar for God to give them something that already belonged to them. And they didn't know it. When Mark, when Brother Hagin came to Mark Hankins' family, many of you don't know this, but Mark Hankins' mother was suffering severe depression. She'd lock herself in the bedroom for days and turn the lights off. And it was from Brother Hagin teaching the authority of the believer that Mark Hankins' mother got free. And that's why Mark's the way he is today, because of Brother Hagin coming to his church. But see, it isn't this intriguing. And, I, and I lo- I've gone back and read the stories. And, I, and, I, and so I love to read. And so therefore, I've, I don't know how to write, but I'm teaching myself because I want to. I want to do it. I want to put my thoughts on paper and then make sense. <laughs> anyway, that's just me now. It's kind of like, where are you going? I got things I want to do. I got other things that I don't want to tell y'all. But when I'll tell you when they happen and I'll come back and go, I just did something that I've been praying about for years. Second Kings 7, are you there yet? I've been waiting on you. Verse 3, there were four lepers, men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Listen to this statement. If we say, we're going to go to the city, the famine's in the city, and we're going to die there. If we sit here, 
when we're going to die. Therefore, let's surrender to the army of the Syrians, and if they keep us alive, we will live. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. <laughs> kind of a morbid day, you know. I mean, they're like a bunch of lepers who are already cast out of the city. And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. The Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. And they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. And they fled, arose and fled at twilight. They left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled all their clothing, all their food, all their silver, all their gold. They walked off and left it. Now, here's my point. God can't do anything until you decide to move. You say, well, it'll take a miracle. Well, it probably will. But get up anyway and go do whatever it is you've been wanting to go do. God will help you, but he can't do anything while you're sitting there crying in your beer. Root beer, that is. Root beer. Dads. Okay. <laughs> you say, but, but I could fail. Well, you, you're definitely failing doing nothing. Amen? Say, I want a better life. I'm going to go get one. Amen. All right. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went to one tent and they ate and drank. And, they, and this is like the first meal they've had in a long time. And they carried from it silver and gold and clothing. And they went and, and I'm going to say that dug a hole in the ground and hid it. And they came back and entered another tent and carried some there also. And they went and hid it. And then they said, ah, this is not right. This is a day of good news. And we were sitting here silent. If we wait until morning, punishment's going to come. Well, they're going to find out that we've been eating all night. And, and we should have told someone that we've got the victory. And I love this story. Why are you sitting doing nothing? Why are you not pursuing your dream? Well, I'm too old. No, you're not. Smith Wigglesworth, when he was young, was on fire for God, and he backslid, and he didn't get back right with God until he was an old man. He did his greatest works as a senior citizen. Say, Barbara, there's hope for me and you. You too, Debbie. Betty, there's still hope for you, Betty. Are y'all out there? I, I think that I think the, the worst day of your life is the day you quit dreaming. I still dream like a kid. It just takes me a few minutes longer to get where I'm going, but I still have dreams. And I still I, I, I still see myself um, strong. I, I, I don't entertain negative thoughts about myself. I could, but I don't. Amen. Someone asked me, says, Who's, how are you going to sell your books? And I went, I don't know. I'm just writing. You say, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'll figure it out. 
God didn't tell me to do it, and he, and he didn't have a plan. He just wants me to obey him, and then he'll tell me the next step. But see, I'm not going to let I don't know everything stop me from doing what I want to do. If I don't do anything but write them and y'all read them, and I just I, I followed my heart. Amen. I want you to say this. Say, um, my best days are ahead. So he said in Philippians, I press forward. Are you pressing? What are you, what's hindering you? Well, I have a job and I have, no, 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 no. Stop doing the stuff that doesn't matter and do the stuff that does. Do the stuff that matters. How many of y'all, you're sitting here looking at me like a dog in a new bowl, y'all? How many of y'all are sitting here going, amen? Amen. There's a lot of things I could have done better in my past, but I ain't nothing I can do about that. It's over. I'm done. I don't even mess that. I'm done. I, I learned. I learned. And I won't do some things again. I've had times I miss God. Cost me. Cost me. I won't do it again. I'm smarter than I've ever been. I'm wiser than I've ever been. There's no sense in all this wisdom going to waste. Y'all ready to pray? Father, as we're sitting here, I think there's dreams in people that they've allowed them to just die. I think they got hurt. I think they dreamed and it failed. And I think they quit. And I think they need to go back and make up their mind right now tonight that they're not going to quit. You have, you have more for every one of us than we've ever imagined in our soul. Barbara, Father God, was prophesying over me the other night, and she said, I have, I have places to run to. And she was, what she said was right. I have places my feet need to go yet and so I dream of them I think of them I plan them I'm not afraid I'm not sitting I'm not just going to sit back and let Lisa and Justin and everybody that's capable just do everything and I've got a lot more in me I may make adjustments I may do things differently but I've still got things I need to get see done I'm not satisfied so tonight I make a decision, Father. I press. I forget yesterday. I forget it. Son of the blood. And I press forward toward the mark of the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. You used Caleb when he was old. You used Josh when he was old. You used Smith when he was old. And I trust you'll use me. I trust you'll use Catherine, I don't think she's written her last book. I think you'll continue to use Diane Vanilla. There's things, there's things. I know you're going to continue to use Zach. There's things that you want to do that he hadn't even entered his mind. Father, I thank you for Tanya and Craig and the 
Kenny and Cindy. They've been faithful for years. And Kenny's in a transition. But he's got a lot more in him. A lot more. He, I don't even want to hear him talk about retiring. I don't even want to hear that. But yet there's so much more than even just working a secular job that he's got inside of him. And we can look around the room. Kathy, Betty, Wilson, Chris O'Brien, sitting in this room. So much potential. And it will not go to waste. It will not go to waste. The dreams of God, they will not go to waste. Joseph had a dream and he didn't quit. You gave many men in the Bible dreams and they did not quit. You gave David a dream and he didn't quit. You gave Jesus a dream and he didn't quit. And he pressed. When it was not comfortable, he pressed. When the, when the whole world was against him, he pressed. They killed him and he rose from the dead and he pressed. I pray everybody the sound of my voice. Everybody in this room right now would get up tonight and walk out of here and go, my best days are ahead of me. My best days are ahead. I want you to say this. No more. Victim. Nobody is keeping me down. Now, there may be people who are still trying. And the next time they try, I want you to look at them and go, ha, ha, ha. You can't stop me. You know, when Kenny and I were hippies, we learned something about society. If you smoke dope long enough, everybody will be. Even the cops. They're selling it now. But hippies didn't quit. It was illegal. Sort of is. They just, if you buy it at the pharmacy, it's, it's legal. Listen. If you don't like the way something is, you change it. Stick to your guns and change it. I used to have holy jeans. Now everybody does. Okay, I'm done. Y'all get out of here and have a good night. God bless you. I let you go. 11, 12, 13, 14. Four minutes early. Don't get used. Don't think we're going to do this every week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.